0: Welcome to MSB Podcast, a division of V.J. Books, featuring signed first editions from hundreds of popular authors, and that definitely includes our guest today. Jack Carr is the real deal. Carr has over 20 years in naval Special Warfare. He transitioned from an enlisted SEAL sniper to a junior officer landing leading assault and sniper teams in Iraq and Afghanistan, to a platoon commander practicing counterinsurgency in the Southern Philippines, to commanding a special operations task unit in the most Iranian-influenced section of southern Iraq throughout the tumultuous drawdown of U.S. forces. Now, he's put that experience to good use in creating a series of international thrillers, the Terminal List series, which follows former Navy SEAL James Reese. His writing is so good that Lee Child, creator of Jack Reacher, says his tradecraft is so authentic the government will probably ban it, so read it while you can. And anytime Chuck Norris calls something absolutely intense, you know he is not fooling because Chuck don't fool that's right so it's not surprising to hear the news that amazon prime has started filming on a series based on the terminal list starting the star lord himself chris pratt and the latest book in the series is the devil's hand thing this is the fourth book in the series and he, james reese has got so much on the ball i feel we've got a character with the staying power of jack ryan or jack reacher and that's got to feel good thank you it does it's uh
1: Uh, I grew up reading all these books, and the ones that weren't series books already, I wanted them to be. So I always Mm -hmm. wish that David Morrell wrote more in uh, the the Brotherhood of the Rose series, even though they stand each uh, alone. When you read them all together, they become a trilogy. Um, So I always wish that uh, some of these characters would have gone on. And uh, of course I read all the Tom Clancy's and all the Nelson DeMille's, David Morrell's, A.J. Quinnell's, J.C. Pollock's, Mark Olden. Um, But I really like to get to know a character, uh, because you develop a relationship with that with that person even though you're just just reading and they're a, a fictional mm-hmm. character uh and i always knew that one day i would write novels like the ones that i was reading growing up and enjoying so much so uh to have you say that about uh james reese my protagonist means uh, means the world to me so thank <laughs> okay. you okay
0: well before we forget uh, let's let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet for additional information
1: well, yes, so I'm at officialjackcar.com and there's a blog section there where people can go and I have reading lists where I uh, highlight six books each month talk about where I was when I read them how it influenced me as either an author or a combat leader um, and people can go into a little more detail on some of the weapons and the uh, the guns and knives and gear used in, in the novels so that's at officialjackcar.com and then on the social channels I am Jack Car USA, and I'm most active on Instagram because there are of uh, the, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, three was just too much for one person. So, uh, so it's mostly Instagram uh, and then Twitter, and then I think Facebook just reposts uh, my my Twitter.
0: Great, right. I always so. want to like get that in up front because sometimes I forget it at the end. I forget if I, Oh, perfect. I want to do oh, have a
1: new podcast. I forgot about that. Yeah, I have a podcast that launched called Danger Close Beyond the Books with Jack Carr, and the third one just uh, just episode just launched. But um, I, I wanted to do a podcast because. Uh, I thought it was a better place to explore some of the questions that I get asked online that don't necessarily lend themselves to a, uh, a nuanced answer in one sentence. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought this was a way to to explore some of that um, in, in a way that uh, would be beneficial to everyone.
0: Great, great. Now, I have one off-the-wall question. I, I handed, handed this. I've always wanted to ask a sniper. I mean, if you can reach out and hit something that yards measured in the thousands, doesn't it make you know shooting a deer at 300 a little boring or unchallenging for you
1: not really you want to um test yourself out to those ranges not necessarily because you're going to take a shot at an animal at Mm -hmm. uh, a thousand or sixteen hundred yards Mm -hmm. um, but so that when that animal is in the right position at 100 200 300 400 whatever your uh, capability and limitation is with your selected rifle and scope Mm -hmm. uh that that you feel um uh, confident uh, with that range and with that weapon system, okay. so um, so that's yeah, that's that's uh, so that's important. That's why it's important to go out that far. Same thing with a bow. If you're shooting at uh, one hundred and fifty yards of the bow, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to shoot an elk at that distance. But when it's at twenty, then
0: uh, you, you're you're a bit more confident. And by the system. way, the the video on your website shows you one of the gnarliest compound bows I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah,
1: that's that's uh, the PSE uh, NVN thirty-three. So that's uh, that's a that's a good one.
0: I have to ask, was there a particular series of circumstances that led you to go with writing? I know you said your mother was a librarian. That may have Mm -hmm. influenced your choice. That's right. So I grew up with a love of reading, surrounded by books. Uh, I have quite the collection
1: today, and many of the ones that I read growing up, almost all of them, I still have in the collection. So uh, I always knew that I was going to serve my country in uniform, specifically as a SEAL, and that I would then one day write novels like the kinds i was reading growing up so from a very early age i knew exactly what i wanted to do i knew my two professions um and they were callings they were uh they were they were calling I didn't have to search to i didn't have to search too much to uh
0: to to, to find them or to, or to figure out what i was going to do with my life uh, i just answered the call yeah well you've answered it very well the amount of research in this is incredible at one point, for instance, I noticed this as I take pages of notes as I read these things, is the International Convention of allowing diplomatic pouches to go through. It's common knowledge, but you actually cite that it's under Article 2027.3 of the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations, which and it but doesn't slow it down. It's it it adds texture and depth to it. And that's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Some of those things like
1: that one in, in particular, uh, like I grew up always hearing about this diplomatic pouch or the dip pouch, or even when I was in the military, we talked about the dip pouch and you'd have, you could move certain things in and out of different countries using that. Um, and at some point I realized that it wasn't actually a pouch. And that was when I was in the <laughs> military. It wasn't, I like get growing up in the eighties. You think it's an actual pouch and it has to fit in there um, just from all those spy movies and that sort of thing. Uh, at some point in the military, I realized it was not an actual pouch. And so in writing this book, uh, I thought it was just it was interesting uh, that it really just has to be labeled and, and how it came about, where it came from. So I thought I'd, I'd share that with with a
0: reader. I, I think many readers and I'm certainly one like to know the inside story, uh, how things really operate, the shortcuts, the mnemonics that you use, all all that stuff. And it's this is just crammed with this stuff. And I think the one of my favorite, because I always like people that send me to go look things up, was uh, the line, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, which sounds like a Zen thing until you look it up and follow through. And it's about going in an urban environment and how you proceed. It can be a few things. It can be at the
1: tactical level. It's just going for that pistol, going for that secondary pistol, bringing it up here instead of just these jerky movements and just being all flustered, trying to get that pistol out of the holster and present it to the target. It's just this, you start up slow as smooth, smooth as fast. Um, and we were just saying that on the set here with Chris Pratt earlier, earlier today. Because uh. uh, we have about 12 SEALs on set that are with him uh, in this opening uh, episode of the series. And uh, guys that I knew, guys that I went downrange with to Iraq, um, they are technical advisors, they're actors, they're, it's, it's amazing. It was like a reunion on, uh, on set. It was fantastic. But uh, sure enough, we heard that in this, uh, in this scene we were just filming and finishing up this morning. And it was slow and
0: smooth and smooth fast. and fast. I'm going to bounce all over the place because there's so oh, yeah, much depth it. in this. But you said you were a gear guy since birth. What's the highest tech thing that you
1: own? Well, highest tech would be like things like this, like these earphones that I'm, yeah. that that linked to my computer that I didn't even know before we started this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. So I'm not a big tech person. I mean, I use tech. Obviously, I'm uh, I'm on the social media channels. I, uh, uh, I used look at it as an th- that sort of thing as an opportunity to engage with people and uh, let people know about the books and thank them and most importantly for taking a risk on me as a as a new author um, but I kind of like the lower tech stuff I like the uh you know, the watches that are that are made by hand I like the uh the rifles that are they're made by hand old school craftsmanship um I like o- older vehicles that sort of things with character and then I use those things in my novels to tell a story about the person that uses them because if I see somebody in real life and I see their boots, I see their pants, I see their belt, I see their holster, and if, uh, let's say it's a, a 1911 in a, in a leather, leather holster, I can tell a lot about that person. I see the, the knife on their belt, I can tell a lot about uh, them by who makes that knife um, and how they're carrying that blade. So I do that same thing in my novels. I use these, this gear as tools to, to tell a story, the same kind that I'd be able to read if
0: I was uh, engaging with someone in the real world. Yeah, and though some of us are not really knowledgeable in that, we find it gives us things to look up and go, "Ooh, that's cool. And I love it. you sent me there for a long time. By the way, your characters are not just simple cardboards. These are people with real depth, real problems, real solutions. And I want to vote for Alec Christensen next time he's running. <laughs> that's your president. That's interesting. Yeah, so yeah.
1: interesting that you say that because a couple of people, so a few people have read the book thus far. And uh, a couple people think that he's uh, kind of a, not an antagonist, although so that's the word they use, but uh, not necessarily uh, a good guy. And uh, mm-hmm. in, when I wrote him, I wrote him from the perspective that, oh, yeah, he's going to be, this is, a, this is a good guy. Um, uh, he, he's, on, he's on the right side of things here. Uh, although there is a little bit to him, there's a little something in there that I won't give up right away that, right. Uh, that makes him maybe be in that position for not the quote unquote right reasons, but maybe. Depends yeah. on your on your outlook, but I was very cur- I was it was just an interview the other day and and someone said that they uh, didn't think that he was uh, he mm. was a, a a good guy and I was kind of surprised. So uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that plays out. But yeah, he was a fascinating character to write because he doesn't have a background similar to mine. I mean, he has a mil- military background, but some of these politicians and lobbyists, um, I get to create those backgrounds from from nothing because my protagonist has a background that's fairly similar to mine. So I get to get into his head and and uh, take the emotions and the feelings behind certain experiences that I was involved with downrange and apply those feelings and emotions to a completely fictional narrative. Now I can't do that with a politician uh, or a lobbyist or somebody like that. So I have to uh, get a little more creative
0: but with you, those. You do invent in, in this, a couple of real sleazy characters. And <laughs> and I I love that because they're not just, I'm a bad guy. I'm, I'm no Boris Badenoff here. These, these are people that are sophisticated, that have been around and know the world's works, and they're twisting it to their own ends. So uh, that is uh, the Senator uh, Smithwaite, yeah. And yeah. uh, what is his name? The head of uh, Masada I just passed out of my head here. Um, yeah. uh, Eric Sawyer.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. And people that uh, that follow the news or have read uh, or have been paying attention the last 20 years, they might find some similarities. Uh, between particularly uh Sawyer to uh to to someone that's been in the news a a little bit over the last
0: 20 years oh yeah a little bit one of the things I, I appreciate it's always dangerous to assume that the opinions expressed by the characters are those of the novelist but it it seems to me that you are a realist uh, and an idealist at once, you have a high standard and you also understand the world does not live up to it. And the U.S. has not always been the good guy in the past.
1: This is true. I'm hard on some of our senior level leaders, even if it's in a, uh, uh, you know, a fictional narrative, um, because at our level, at the tactical level, while I was serving downrange, if we'd made some of the same types of decisions that our senior level leaders did, we'd probably be court martialed kicked out of the military, sent home from deployment. Uh, and we trust those senior level leaders to um, understand the nature of the conflict in which we're engaged. And mm-hmm. many of them did not uh, and made decisions that, uh, that cost a lot of people their lives. So, um, so I, I like to be thoughtful about it, but at the same time, uh, I like to discuss it. And the place that I do that is, is in these, these novels and oftentimes in my posts as well, my social media mm-hmm. posts. But I try to do it in a thoughtful way. So that uh, going forward, we don't make those same mistakes or maybe make people think a little more or study their history um, and put the requisite thought and study into things before they just make a decision based on a
0: 220-character tweet from someone else. Amen. <laughs> Brother, I, I so appreciate that attitude. And the more people that I think we would be a better place. Um, I, also, there's some humor in this book. And it kind of surprising because it goes fast. I have to ask, there's at one point, and this is a, a minor plot point. Uh, protagonist visits Camp David by the way. You always taught the real name of Camp David, which I'd never known before. And he sees the golf cart, and the label on it says "golf cart." red. Is that a real thing? It is. It is. Oh, right. uh, yeah. George Bush uh, christened that, and uh, I forget exactly
1: when, but I put exa- I put when in the novel. I think I said during the first. I, I said
0: forty-three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that is
1: a real thing.
0: Yeah, and then there's in the chapter seventy-five. Uh, Katie and Mr. Reese are having a conversation and they go back and forth treating sports metaphors for a paragraph. And it's not huge, but it's just sweet and goes bang, 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 bang. And you you think, wow, uh, there's, there's George and Gracie on the stage doing one of the quickies back and forth between them. So I, yeah, I, I'm trying
1: to develop those characters. And obviously I'm, uh, I'm fond of, of both of them. Uh, so I like to develop characters through conversation. And I find that through dialogue that I get to know, even though when I start, I have a start with a one page executive summary I move that over to an outline and then I start writing and I find that I don't really get to know these characters until I start engaging them in conversation in dialogue in, in the thrillers. So, um, so that's why I love the, the dialogue piece and that, that's not scripted out ahead of time in the outline. I don't have a little thing in there that says it's going to be, you know, a fun conversation or this. I don't have any of that. Um, but as, as it becomes natural to have a conversation, uh, that's where I get to know my characters.
0: I have to mention uh, some of the, you tip your hat to a few uh, people You have one of the guys reading a Brad Thor thriller. Um, You have a a reference to John Wick. And I have to ask this, at the very end of chapter 79, I come from the water. Are you quoting the Toadies from 1994? Oh, you are the
1: second person to do that. But the other person um, was in my buds class. And that's... uh, (laughs) that we had a uh, a song um, that uh, that they played for my buds class and uh, and that was it. So I kind of wove that in there.
0: I was, it was so sweet. I, I looked at I said, gonna catch I, it. I know that's a quote and I, I had to look it up because I, I was a DJ for many years. So too many oh, nice. songs floating okay. around in, in the area. Yep. So good catch, good catch. <laughs> that, gonna get that I
1: don't think. That,
0: that is great. But we're getting down to where you got to go. But I do want, want to ask you if there's anything that I have not touched on that you think that our listeners and viewers should know.
1: Let's see. So the uh, series is coming out sometime in 2022, from what mm-hmm. I'm told. Uh, filming the first episode right now, moving into the, the second episode next week. And it's my first experience in Hollywood. But to have Chris Pat starring... And Antoine Fuqua, directing, who did Training Day, did Tears of the Sun, Sin Seven, Equalizer. Um, like these guys are absolutely incredible. And uh, they set the tone on this set that I just came from uh, a few minutes ago, which is why it's uh, so at, at the forefront of my mind. But to see their leadership on set and see the tone that they set for everyone there, um, and in talking to the different people, there's 350 people that are now working during COVID on this set um, mm-hmm. based off, uh, off the terminal list. And uh and it's incredible to see all these people coming together and when they talk about Chris and they talk about Antoine, um, they do so and they've been on a lot of different projects and they say that this one is different because these two guys are just such decent, amazing human beings. So it's uh yeah, very cool. So I can't wait to share that with everybody when it comes out, hopefully in twenty twenty two. All right.
0: Thoroughly enjoyed, absolutely loved it, loved the book, loved the series. Um can't wait to see Chris Pratt stretch his muscles in a little different different direction than the storyline. That's so, right. I think you're going to be surprised. He's doing it. He's uh, he
1: is James Reese. He's a uh, he's tough. I think people are going to be surprised. All right. And we hope that you come back and uh, let us talk to you when book number five comes out, because I can't wait. Oh, I'd love to. And I uh, thank you so much for having me on. I, I love talking books. I love talking, talking movies. I love talking popular culture and all those things and how they weave together here. So i uh, looking forward to it. Let's do it again.
0: All right. Thanks so much. And stay safe, my friend. You too. Take care.